You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, I'm Marquis Laughlin, and today I'm going to talk about Lot's wife. Why did Jesus tell us to remember her when he spoke about his return? What does the story of Sodom and Gomorrah reveal about the day of the Lord, the timing of the rapture, and God's wrath? A little about me first. I'm an actor. I got saved in Hollywood, and I went to Grace Church. I got baptized by John MacArthur. And I started studying the end times that drove me to memorize the book of Revelation. It's been about 25 years since I did that. I started performing it immediately and presenting uh, Revelation. And then I went on to Daniel and John's Gospel and seven different books of the Bible. I've been performing for the last 20 years all around the world, mostly around the United States. Do about 40 to 50 events every year. And everywhere I go... I get asked about Bible prophecy, no matter what book of the Bible I'm presenting. That is the hot ticket now. People know things are going on that we've never seen before that are in Bible prophecy. Well, all that to say is that I'm a bit of a story detective. That's kind of my approach. I love looking at the Bible stories, digging into their characters, finding out why they were used as examples in some of Jesus' teachings or parables, getting into their mindset to understand what did they do or not do uh, that I want to repeat or not repeat. So it's really interesting um, to try to come at uh, Scripture Uh, particularly the story of God's redemptive plan from a storyteller. You're trying to find out why things happened, what kind of effect they had on people, what they, how they saw things and get, get, put yourself in the shoes of the different characters. So that's where I'm coming from. I have a very high view of scripture. I believe that we should be comparing scripture with scripture to come to the truth, uh, uh, Scripture says, the sum of thy word is truth. So we need to compare all scripture uh, uh, and to get our answers uh, and make sure that they're actually biblical. So with that said, we're really going to look at this character of Lot's wife. Why would Jesus pick her out as an example of someone you don't want to be? Well, let's take a look at it. Um, Lot's wife was, uh, uh, well, she was a a character that had a sad ending, a shockingly sad ending. Uh, As you remember, Lot was visited by two angels, and and they warned him that uh, this this town was going to be destroyed. He was, uh, uh, the two angels were having dinner at his house, and the men of the city surrounded the house, and they demanded that that uh, Lot send the men outside. Uh, they their plan was to rape them, uh, and Lot uh, offered up his two daughters in desperation, which is uh, harsh uh, uh, to us. But in that culture, it was 
what he would have done uh, being doing, quote unquote, the right thing, anything to protect people who have come under the protection of his roof, as he says. Anytime you take a guest in, you are basically saying, I'm going to protect you with any with everything I have. So that was the idea there. Uh, uh, the angels blinded the men outside the door. They told Lot, his wife and his two daughters, if you have anyone else in the city, you got to get them out of here because the Lord has sent us destroy to destroy the city tonight. So Lot goes out. He speaks to his uh, two sons-in-laws. He tells them what the angel told him, and they think he's joking. So he can't convince them to leave with him. So he goes back home, and he, they hesitate. I mean, think about it. You're Lot. You, you got a lot of stuff, and you've got a pretty comfortable home. And you're pretty wealthy, and leaving it's a little tough. So the angels say to him, hurry. They hesitate. The angels grab his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and lead them safely out of the city. And they tell them, hurry, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plane. Well, unfortunately, Lot's wife stops she turns and looks back, probably longingly, uh, probably wondering what the future would have held if her sons-in-laws had actually uh, married her two daughters. Uh, she left a household full of goods, every memory behind, and she becomes a pillar of salt. So that's the story that we find Lot's wife in, and that's the example that Jesus leaves. Now, here's the context of Jesus' teaching to remember Lot's wife. It's from Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 36. Jesus says about the coming of the Son of Man, his return. He says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot. They were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, but on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So it will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day... Let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night there will be two in one bed, one will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together, one will be taken and the other left. So what day and night is Jesus referring to? He, he tells us in the passage, the day the Son of Man is revealed, there will be some that are taken, like Lot and his wife, or Noah, out of God's judgment. And, there was, and his daughters were. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from his judgment. This fits perfectly with the timing of the rapture in Revelation chapter 6. We see the signs of the day of the Lord in the sixth seal and the reaction from unbelievers. Remember, they hide in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They call to the mountains and the rocks, hide, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb 
for the day of their wrath has come and who can stand? They literally, the world, when the sky opens up and they see Jesus and the Father, what do they say? Oh no, now we're going to get it. So wrath, God's wrath has not fallen until they call it. Oh no, now we're going to get it. Uh, uh, you know, and so we have a testimony, an eyewitness testimony of the whole world telling us when God's judgment is going to fall. I think that's fascinating. And of course, the judgment does come with the very first trumpet judgment. What happens? Fire and brimstone are thrown down on the earth. Blood and fire mixed with, yeah, fire mixed with blood thrown on the earth. A third of the earth is burned up, a third of the grass, a third of the trees. Really amazing stuff. So you've got a great sequence there that you can see. And then what do you see? You see right after the, the sky opens up and everybody, all the unbelievers scream, the believers are raising their head, looking up. It says, when you see these things happen, look up because your salvation is near. And we see a great multitude of people in heaven that no one could count. And they're dressed in the white robes, the righteousness of Jesus. They are rescued out from the judgment that is poured down pretty amazing stuff. Now, what do we know about Lot's wife? Let's take a look at her for a little bit. Now, we know she was wealthy. Genesis 13 tells us all about Lot and all the flocks and herds he had, and Abraham had flocks and herds. And if you remember the story, their their um, shepherds were arguing over the wells because they had so many flocks and herds. They couldn't, they couldn't, um, they didn't have enough wells, so there wasn't enough land to support them while they stayed together. So Abraham, Abram says to Lot, let's part company. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. And Lot looks up and he sees that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the Garden of Eden, like the Garden of the Lord. So Lot pitched his tents. So Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot pitched his tents near the cities of Sodom. So that's Lot's choice he made to live in what looked like a really nice, easy place with plenty of water and greenery. He picked the nice piece of land because Abram gave him the choice. So he picks a nice piece of land. He goes to live in Sodom. Now, it says the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. But Lot chose it anyway. But Abram chose to live in the land of Canaan, which is what God promised to him and his descendants, to give him and his descendants. So very fascinating. But that is where we're introduced to Lot. So we see he's he has tons of servants. He has lots of uh, uh, flocks and herds. And he no doubt has wife and he's got a couple of daughters. Um, and they're, now they're living in Sodom. Now, the very next chapter, uh, Abram has to come and rescue Lot because uh, the king of Sodom goes to war with some other kings and um, he loses and men, armies, come and take Lot and all of his possessions and belongings and carry them off. So Lot is a prisoner of war and Abram comes with some of his men and rescues Lot and restores everything he has to him. So Lot has been rescued even though he went to live in a very wicked place he has been saved uh, by Abram. And so that's the context that we're going into. So so when uh, the angels come to uh, visit uh, Lot, 
Um, we have just, they've just had dinner at Abram's house and they, the Abram has asked God, are you going to destroy the whole place? Um, you know, because there's not enough righteous people in it. And God assures Abram that even if he finds 10 righteous people, he will not destroy the city of Sodom. And of course we know he wasn't able to find 10 righteous people. Thus the Sodom was destroyed. So that's the context. So when you look at it, she was wealthy. She probably wanted to move to, uh, to Sodom. Uh, her choice was Lot's choice was probably his wife's choice. It would certainly be better, uh, easier than living in Canaan. Uh, number three, she also had two daughters who were engaged. Now everybody knows a mom with two daughters that are engaged. That's tough to leave because you've got memories already forming. You're getting ready for wedding plans. You're thinking about the grandchildren you're going to have. It's an inheritance, a family inheritance that you are having to leave um, with a, a moment's notice. You don't get any time to think about it. Think about it. Now, she uh, she also had no time to pack. She couldn't grab anything important to her. Uh, it was run for your life. Don't look back. And I'll tell you what, the urge of saying, well, isn't there something I could grab out of there? Something I can save? Um, even if it's the dog. I mean, you know, you're thinking, is there a picture or something I should go in and try to save? Um, when you're you're told everything's going to be destroyed, you need to run for your life. So that was the context. That was what she was dealing with. She was told not to look back by the angels, but she did. And I think that's why she stopped. Um, when she looked back, she perhaps thought of all she was losing and all the future plans she had been meditating on for months and couldn't, couldn't run when she should have been running. So it's very, very sobering. And Jesus says, um, in Luke 17, it reads, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. In other words, they were doing everything normal. But on the day when Lot left out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be like that on the day the Son of Man is revealed. In other words, people will be doing what they normally do. And you're going to have to make a run for, for it and leave everything you own behind. You're going to have to decide whether you want to um, try to preserve your life, maybe hide in a cave. Uh, hopefully, uh, you, you hear billionaires building these cave uh, dwellings. You, you think you're going to get away that way um, or grab some of your stuff to try to keep it. Or you're going to look up to your salvation that is drawing near and look on the one they have pierced. Look on Jesus as he's above you in the clouds waiting to, to catch you up and to resurrect the dead. So just amazing stuff. Um, there are going to be two types of people. Those who don't look back and try to save their lives and all they have. Those who lift up their heads because their salvation draws near. And then the other type of person will be those who try to save what they have. They will look back. They will try to cling to the world and its desires that are passing away right in front of them. So before we try to get into what why Lot 
Lot's wife failed and what we need to do so that we don't look back. I want to share a little bit about a movement that the Lord has been um, stirring in the hearts of people all across the country and around the world. Uh, Nelson Walters, Jake McCandless, and myself have formed the Last Days Overcomer. LastDaysOvercomer.org is our website. It's a ministry dedicated to preparing the church for the Lord's return. You can hear Jake McCandless and Nelson uh, Walters as other teachers on uh, this uh, Bible Prophecy Daily podcast. Um, We have started a series of conferences that we're having all around the country to meet with and encourage believers and instruct them on what we should be doing as we see the day approaching. Jesus has very specific instructions about what we should be doing uh, and haggling about the timing of it isn't one of them. Just to give you a clue, this is a different type of Bible prophecy conference. It's not based on a graph or a chart. Uh, It's based on, okay, we see signs. What should we be doing now? What plays should we be running to be prepared? So you're going to learn how to prepare for persecution and for troublesome times that are on our way. You're also going to learn how you should prepare other people. How do you prepare your kids, your grandchildren, for some of the things that are approaching uh, that are in their future that they're going to have to deal with that no generation's ever dealt with before? Jesus says those days will be cut short for the sake of the elect because there won't be any days that will ever be have ever been or ever will be worse. They need to be prepared. Well, you'll also be able to get your questions answered. We're having four Q&A sessions, one after each session. It's an all-day Saturday conference, and you we want you to bring your hard questions because we're going to be uh, filming the conference and then streaming it later and making those answers, those Q&As available to people all over the world who are already tuned into um, YouTube and plugged into our different ministries. So we want you, we want the Lord to use you um, to be able to uh, bless and share uh, with other people what you've learned, what he showed you. Uh, the conferences, the first one's July or the first one's June 10th. It's at the Cincinnati Radisson Hotel. Yeah, that's a tri-state area. If, you can, if you're within driving distance of that, I invite you to come out. It's on Saturday all day. We get started at about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and uh, we'll be teaching all day. And lunch is included in that. There's also a conference in Springdale, Arizona. Northwestern Arizona has become a hotbed of, of for Christendom in America here. It's at the Jones Center. It's in July... Uh, on the 29th of July, the Jones Center in Springdale, Arkansas. And then the Mall of America will be in the Parkview Conference Room at the Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota on August 26th for an all-day conference there. Now, you can visit lastdaysovercomer.org for more info or to get tickets. If you can't go to a live event because of where it is, maybe you're in Japan or in the UK or in Seattle, I'm from Seattle, Um, you can order the stream. You can go online, you can ask your questions, and we'll be available to answer them. When you order the stream, it's a stream event. It's going to, most of our stream events are either one to two weeks after the actual live event. Go to lastdaysovercomer.org and look for the stream version. Then you can order that, and you can tune in on that date 
and we will be available for those Q and A's. So your questions uh, will be at, answered uh, uh, during that time, and you can get the, all of the content of the conference and the luxury of being able to ask your questions, and the uh, the blessing of, being, uh, of us being able to use your your questions and your answers and take those all around the world to bless other believers. So can't encourage you enough for that. Hey, Lot's wife. <laughs> Reminds me of the parable of the sower. You remember that? Jesus mentions four types of soil. A sower went out to sow his seed. The sower is the son of man. The seed's the word of God. And he sees some seed fell on the path. Uh, it tells what happened. The birds came, ate that up. Some sell, fell among the rocks. Uh, it sprang up fast, but because it had no root, it faded away. And some some fell among the weeds. Uh, remember the the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things came in and choked the word. But then some fell on good soil, and they produced uh, thirty, sixty, or a hundredfold. So those are the four types of soil. It looks like Lot's wife was soil type number two. Remember, he said that for soil type number two, soil that fell among the rocks, it had no root. So when persecution or trouble arose, it faded away. It, it sprang up with joy. Oh, here's Abraham and his men to save us. Oh, here's the blessing of Abraham. And I'm getting wealthy because I'm related to Abraham because God's promised to bless him. And isn't this great? And now we're living in a nice big city, Sodom, and it's luxurious. It's easy. I'm wealthy. I, my daughters are getting married. Then trouble springs up. The men of the town want to come and rape the angels and they've got to run for their lives and it fades away and that's what she did so interesting that you you she fits right into the soil type and what's even more interesting is that she was turned into a pillar of salt now here's what jesus says in luke chapter 14 verses 26 through 35 he says if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to a thousand to meet him comes against him with twenty thousand? And if not, while the other, no, no, or what king going out to meet, no, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able to, with 10,000, to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Interesting, huh? She wouldn't renounce all that she had, so she could not continue to follow God to salvation. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 34 of Luke chapter 14, Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? If it is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile, it is thrown away. And Jesus says, he who has, an e has ears to hear, let him hear. See, Lot's wife might be 
what Jesus wanted people to hear. She would have been what they remembered when he started talking about salt. She very well could be the perfect example of this. She literally became a pillar of salt. Her salt, her desire to serve God and to build his kingdom, her love for God above all else, above all her possessions and relationships, she had lost her saltiness. So my prayer for us is that we would not be like Lot's wife, that we would remember her. And the Lord gives us an answer of how we're supposed to overcome that. Luke chapter 21, verses 34 through 36. Jesus tells us, but watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down and with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. He's talking about the day he returns. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That's good stuff. Good advice praying, just like Jesus did prior uh, to his um, uh, arrest and betrayal, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane that he would be able to stand. He told his disciples, pray that you don't fall into temptation. Um, That is great advice. That's what we're supposed to be doing um, to make sure that we remember Lot's wife and pray that we are able to stand. And that's why you're listening to this podcast to stay awake, to keep watch, and to encourage our brothers and sisters in the Lord to do the same. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Till next time, I'm Mark E. Laughlin. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 